How's it going now? Okay. As you know, being technical is not one of my great skills, so I'm glad I finally got it to work, and hopefully you can all hear now. God, I thank you for today, and I thank you for your word and what you're going to say to all of us in this little time. I want to say first, it's just so comforting to see all of your faces. If I didn't get to do anything else today, just seeing you would make my day. And as a reminder, if you didn't happen to notice the line on the announcement, I need you to get something you can write with and something you can write on. If you're going to do it on your computer, that's fine. Write it on a piece of paper, whatever you need to do. If you haven't got it already, um, go get it because you're going to have things to write down and think about as we go through this little time together. God, I thank you that your word is living and active, and it's going to be impactful for us in different ways. We'll all apply it differently, but you're going to do something good. So thank you for that, God. It seemed appropriate to me, and it's something God put on my heart. Um, we're going to talk about fear today. Because that's a pretty common thing going on. But we're not going to stay with fear. This topic for today is moving from fear to peace. And the reason you're getting something to write down is we're going to actually write down the steps and do them a little bit today. Then you can take it with you for the rest of the week or however long it's going to be that you need to contend against fear. If you're like most of us, probably the rest of your life in one way or another, you're going to have to do this battle. Dictionary.com defines fear as a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, and so forth. Whether the threat is real or imagined. So I'll read it again. A distressing emotion. Fear is a distressing emotion caused by impending danger, evil, pain, etc., whether the threat is real or imagined. What I want to focus on today is that last word, imagined, because most fear comes from a fear of the unknown. In Canada, the great majority of our fear comes from not knowing with any kind of certainty what's going to happen tomorrow or a week from now or a month from now. And yet, all of those fears that we imagine, most of them are never going to happen. Now think about it for a minute. Can you name more than one or two things that you were afraid of at this time last year? Think for just a second. This time last year, what were you afraid of? Did any of those things that you were afraid of actually happen the way you thought they were going to happen? Now, you might remember one or two things that were really big. I have one thing that I can remember I contended with fear about last year. Um, it happened to be Mary's health because uh, she was in the hospital a year ago. And thankfully, she's on, on this call somewhere today. But I can remember that. But I don't remember any other fears that I was contending with a year ago. And yet I'm sure they were pretty real at the time. 
it's very likely you cannot remember the vast majority of what you feared about a year ago. And it's very likely you won't remember much about what you were afraid of a year from now. So my topic today, as I see some of you are getting back now, is to provide a four-step practice to give you a path from fear to peace. It's something you can do all the time, almost any place. Now, this practice isn't going to fit every single issue. If you've had massive trauma and fear came out of it, you're probably going to need some inner healing and counseling and stuff to help you with that. But most of our fears are not that. They're just something in our imagination that we're thinking about might happen in the future. And what I'm going to give you today is something you can practice to recover the peace that God desires for you to have. Sound okay? Thank you. In talking about fear, the real issue with fear is trust. Who do you trust? When we get into fear, we trust that we have accurately understood the issue and reached the proper conclusion about the situation. But when that happens, our trust is in us, our ability to figure out what's wrong and our ability to correct it. The other opportunity or alternative is to trust God. I know you've got um, a number of you are back. You've got your writing implements or recording instruments. I hope you have your Bible. Turn to Psalm 91. We're going to read a couple verses together, but I want to emphasize something about Psalm 91. As you're turning, a lot of people you know, on the internet, different pastors, different speakers and stuff have talked about Psalm 91 in times of fear. And it's a really good place to go in times of fear. But remember, the contrast is who do you trust? Do you trust you or do you trust God? Now, everybody knows the right answer. But what we were aiming for is not the right answer. We're aiming for what's the real answer. Who do we trust in times of fear? Psalm 91 says this, and I'm going to emphasize words to get across to you that there's a focus of either us or God. Psalm 91, verse 1 and following. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Verse 3, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his wings and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night or the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness or the plague that destroys at midday. If you don't get anything else from today other than this, here's what I'd like you to get. Fear is trusting in anything other than God's character, power, and provision. When we are in fear, we're trusting something other than the capacity of God to take care of us. 
Fear is trust in anything other than God's character, power, and provision. Okay, four steps to move from fear to peace. Step number one is we have to identify the fear. Now, that may seem incredibly obvious, but stick with me for a second. Now, if you've got your paper, write this on the paper. Here's the first question on your journey. What am I afraid of? Now, hang on to that for a minute. What am I afraid of? That's pretty quick. You're going to get to do something with it in just a minute or two. Sometimes our fear will become smaller just identifying it. Remember, the unknown is probably the biggest uh, amount of fear, that fear source. But even if the fear remains strong, the fear needs to be identified so you can address it directly. For instance, some people would likely say, I'm afraid of coronavirus. Well, no, you're really not. Think back when, at the beginning of the year when this first happened. It was in China, and we felt bad for the Chinese people in the Wuhan province and all of that, but there really wasn't, for most of us, much of a fear. The fear got real when it came here. So are we afraid of the virus? Um, Not really so much. We're more afraid of the impact it has on us. We're afraid of, wow, what's going to happen to my finances? We're afraid of, am I going to get sick? Or is somebody I know going to get sick? Then it becomes personal. So our fear, as we identify it, isn't just some general virus out there. It's how is that thing going to impact me? And if we can identify that, we're going to get closer to saying, oh, here's what I'm really afraid of. I'm afraid I won't have enough money to get through this. That's easier to address. And it's easier to overcome once we identify it. Now, think for a second about something you're afraid of. You, you might have a whole bunch of things, but just pick one. Don't pick the thing that is really, really big. If you've got a fear that you've been fighting with all of your life, really contending with, trying to deal with it, okay, don't pick that. Pick something a little less life-consuming, but pick a fear. Now take a minute to write it on your piece of paper, right under the place where you said, what am I afraid of? You've got uh, one fear, write it down. When you get done, wave at me so I know we're pretty much done. Something you're afraid of, write it down. Got a couple of waves, we're looking good, a couple of head nods. Okay. A verse reference you might want to write down to help you later as you begin step one is Psalm 112.7. Just write it down for now. I'll read it to you and you can go look at it later. Psalm 112.7 says this, he will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting the Lord. The way we deal with fear is we trust God and not us. Okay, good. Number two, Second thing we need to do is we have to find God in the fearful circumstance. So write on your paper, number two, where is God in this situation? Where is God in this situation?
I appreciate there's a couple of you that are actually, I can see you writing, so then I'll know when you're done. The Bible promises each one of us, God never leaves us or forsakes us. That means regardless of the degree of fear you might experience, the reality is that God is always in every situation, every fearful situation with you. You're not in it by yourself. It's easy when we move into fear to get consumed about what am I going to do? A whole lot better question would be, God, what are we going to do? Where is God in the situation? Psalm 23, 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. So this is going to take a couple of minutes, and I'll give you a couple minutes. Focus on God in the middle of that fearful situation. Maybe you're afraid of going to the grocery store to get food. Okay, take a minute and focus on God being with you as you walk into the grocery store, as you look for the things you need to get. Now, I just have a little tiny testimony. The last time I went to the grocery store, I got 14 of the 15 things on my list. It can just be there. God can help out even with grocery shopping. The first time I went, I think I got three things. Shopping with God. Who knew? There are several ladies here who are ecstatic right now. The idea of shopping with God. Take a couple minutes to write down how you see God protecting you in the fearful situation that he's with you. Think about it. Use the imagination that God gives you to say, oh, what does it look like for me and God to go to the grocery store to get food? Look back at what you're afraid of. Now try to get a picture, get a thought, get a feeling of what it's like to have God with you in that fearful situation. Focus on God, not the, not the, the grocery store or all the people and all the, the weirdness that's going on there. When you see that God is bigger and more powerful than the thing you fear, you're ready to go to the next step. As long as fear is larger, it's going to be hard to get there. But if you see God as being larger than the thing you're afraid of, you're ready to move on. Because remember, this is about trust. Whom do you trust? Your ability or you and God together? God's ability to take care of you. What does it feel like for you to have God be with you in that circumstance? What picture do you get in your mind as you see yourself with God in that situation? Okay, the people I've got on my screen look like they're done writing. can take a minute more. Psalm 23, 4 at the end says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Those are things that shepherds use to help help the sheep get to where they need to go. Sometimes sheep get distracted. It 
really is unnerving to me sometimes that Jesus chose to use the analogy of sheep so often. And yet that's kind of what I'm like sometimes. They'd want to wander off. And the rod and the staff were not to cause pain for the sheep. It was to help keep them on the path. And God has what it takes to keep us on the path to get where we're going without fear. Doesn't matter how big it is, valley of the shadow of death, we're still not afraid. Meditate on God's character and his presence until you are able to see God is bigger and more powerful than the thing you fear. Step three, renew your mind. Write on your paper, what does the Bible say about God's response to my fear? What does the Bible say about God's response to my fear? What does the Bible say about God's response to my fear? Romans 12, 2 says this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. What will be the outcome of renewing our minds? Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The way we figure out how to walk without fear, to walk with peace, is to be transformed from the way we were thinking, focused on fear and trusting ourselves, to be able to test and approve what God's will is for the circumstance and know that we're walking with him. In Romans 12, 2, God basically says, don't think the way the world thinks. Now, that might be kind of a, well, that's obvious, but maybe it isn't obvious. Don't think the way the news agencies tell you to think. I don't know if you've noticed on a few of the news reports they play this really dramatic music right before they put up all the statistics of how many people are sick, how many people have died, how many people have it, how many people, all that kind of stuff. And it's just a fearful thing. We were watching CP24 a little bit earlier today, and that's what they talked about. They talked about in this time when we are all afraid. Inside I'm going, wait, I'm not afraid. Don't tell me to be afraid. I don't like that. Do not be conformed to the world's, the way the world thinks. Don't be conformed to social media. I know we've got more time now, but we'd really probably be wise if we didn't spend quite so much of it on social media, reading about all the things that people are afraid of. I do laugh at some of the stuff that people have put up that's really funny about our paranoia about things, but don't let social media dictate this is how I'm going to think and feel about this situation. 
or opinionated people. I don't see very many people. I'm not out very often, but I happen to be out um, to get a pickup for some food because we're trying to support one of our local uh, restaurants. The owner of the restaurant was there and talking about how much he despised this person and that person and the other person's opinion. And just there should only be one way of talking about things. Well, social distancing does have a few values. And one of them was I wanted to socially distance myself from his opinions being thrust on me. You can smile, please. That was mildly humorous. Thank you. Don't let news or the world or social media or anything else tell you what you're supposed to think. You get to choose what you're going to think about. You can choose fear or you can choose God's peace. You really, this is a real choice. We renew our minds by choosing to meditate on verses that specifically apply to the fear issue that has attacked us. Once we've identified what is the issue, and and made it real clear, once we've made the choice to find God in the circumstances, we can choose to focus on God in the circumstance rather than what we think the circumstances are going to look like. Because we don't know. We could get, I could get coronavirus tomorrow. I may never get coronavirus at all, and Mary gets healed tomorrow. I don't know what's coming. I get to choose what I'm going to think about. And I'm not going to choose to be fearful about coronavirus. Still going to be wise. I'm still doing all the stuff they say to do. But I'm not going to fear because I'm going to focus on God being with me. The verse says that as our mind is transformed to think in a kingdom way, we will no longer be stuck in the worldly, fearful thinking. We will be able to understand God's will for the situation. When we get God's will, fear will start to dissipate. The more we think about God's will, God being with us, God's power, God's ability, the more fear will will go away. You can't hold fear and God's presence in your mind at the same time. You'll think about one or the other. And you get to pick. Okay, the question was, what does the Bible say about God's response to fear? Take a couple of minutes, ask God, where in, what about where in the Bible? Maybe it's a, a, a character that you remember. Maybe it's a verse you remember. Where in the Bible is there truth? that I can apply to the thing that you wrote down you're fearful of. If you're fearful of finances, what are some verses that God says his perspective on taking care of you and providing for you is? Am I still on? Okay, my picture just went away, so I don't know what I did. So for right now, I'm just going to trust that I can see you and I'll worry about the picture in a minute. You can all hear me, correct? 
Yeah, everything is good on this end. Okay. Take a couple of minutes to write a couple of verses. Now, maybe you can't remember any verses, or you only know a phrase or two of the words. Well, write them down. You can do a Bible search and find those verses, and likely many, many more. There are a bunch of verses related to the Bible, and there's even more in the Bible, and there's even more verses that are related to God's provision against fear and how he's going to take care of us. So take a moment, write down a couple of verses, a couple of phrases that you can remember that apply to the fear that you're contending with. Couple of verses, couple of phrases that apply to the fear that you wrote down in step one. I encourage you to memorize as many as you can. Jesus responded to the attacks from Satan by quoting applicable scriptures. You should too. Here's, a pro, here's another verse that might be helpful for you. Proverbs 1, 33. But whoever listens to me, whoever listens to God, God is speaking here, but whoever listens to God will live safely and be at ease without fear of harm. Proverbs 1, 33. But whoever listens to God will live in safety and be at ease without fear or harm. Hey, you can continue to do this throughout the day and throughout the week. So, so far we've talked about, <coughs> excuse me, so far we've talked about identify the fear. What am I afraid of? Then find God in the circumstances. Then go through the process of renewing your mind. And then the fourth thing we need to do, and this is either going to be so obvious or so difficult, I don't know which it's going to be, but it'll be one of the two. Number four, think about something else. <laughs> really, just think about something else. So write on your paper, I will think about, and then just leave it for a minute. I will think about. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says this, and, I, and, and if you're writing these down and you miss one, you can, you can text me or we can get it out there in one way or another. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You get to choose what you will think about. 
It may seem very hard to do, especially at first, but it is possible or God wouldn't tell us to do this. We demolish arguments and pretensions. We take every thought captive. What we are doing is thinking about God things rather than fear things. So what should we be thinking about? Philippians 4, 8, and 9, I really suggest that you memorize this. Philippians 4, 8, and 9 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned, received, and heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. If we are thinking about what's true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and excellent, if we're thinking about those things, God says we can learn it, we can receive it, we can hear it, and we can put it into practice. And then the God of peace will be with us. If we have fear instead of peace, we haven't gotten through these four steps to, to live out the reality of Philippians 4, 8, and 9. It doesn't mean we're bad. It doesn't mean we've messed up. It just means, nope, still learning the process, still learning how to move from fear to peace. So take a couple minutes now to write down and finish that sentence, I will think about, what are you going to think about? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. One more verse that you can write down and look at and think about and meditate. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? There's a lot of fear out there today. There's actually a lot of fear most of the time. One of the distinctives of us as Christians is that we can live in a way that is so different from what the world experiences that they will say, why are you not afraid? How do you get the peace you walk in? How can you smile at a time like this?
the God of peace will be with you. It's a promise he's got for you. Whether you're in the valley of the shadow of death, in a long line at a grocery store, whether you're in your own thoughts in the middle of the night going, where's my business going to go? What's going to happen to my kids? What's my purpose in life? God's there for all of them. Fear is never a thing that God puts on people. Peace is what God offers all of us as a continuum, as a regular way of living. I encourage you to think about going back through these steps again. Identify the fear. What am I afraid of? Find God in the fearful circumstances. God, where are you in this thing? Renew your mind. What does the Bible say about God's response to my fear? And think about something else. Whatever's true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and excellent, worthy of praise, think on these things, and the God of peace will be with you. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this amazing group of people. I thank you I'm going to get my pictures back soon to be able to see all these wonderful people. And I ask that by the power of your spirit, you can take these few words I've said, and you would bring hope and confidence to say, God is more worthy of trust than me keeping my fear. That you would encourage each person to pursue finding peace, to, to just get rid of fearful things, to discover how willing you are to be involved in the process of moving from fear to peace that you would encourage each person's heart that there's more and it's better. And it's something that is a part of God's design for us to live as normal followers of Jesus. It's normal for Christians to live in peace. It's abnormal to live in fear. God, we th I thank you for helping each person who's listening and watching today that you're moving even now by the power of your spirit to transform the way we think into people who will be known for peace. Thank you, God. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you for listening along. And I'm going to turn it over to Aaron, who's going to give us a few little uh, other things to just be aware of. Bless you all.